Welcome to Two Girls Who Read, a podcast. I'm Olivia. And I'm Lily, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything book-related. This week's topic is our core books. Yeah, like books that like really kind of stuck with you, I guess, over time, like meant the most okay, to you. so how I see it is, you know the movie Inside Out? How yeah. Has, like, core <laughs> memories? It's that, but book version. So, Do you remember when this is was... the books that like... Oh, sorry? Oh, you, oh, I was just going to say, like, the books that have just been most defining mm-hmm. to our personalities, I think. Like, because you do have those books where it's you look at them and you're like, wow, this really impacted me, not just as a reader, but, like, as a person. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, like... What were you going to say? I was just going to say that, do you remember when this was, like, a trend on Book Talk? Like, it was a really long time ago. It was, I remember, because I remember making this trend, it was, like... It was in, like, June or July of 2020, but this was, like, a trend being, like, my core books. Do you remember that? Oh, Were you really? Like, no? Because no, I, <laughs> I remember making one of these, and, like, my... So, okay, so that's, like, really interesting. It's, like, I think it's going to be really interesting to do this podcast, because I'm looking at my bookshelf now and, like, thinking of, like, what books, like, my core my core books. And actually, like, so a lot of them I actually read, like, this year, weirdly enough. And, like, mm-hmm. but a lot of them... So I'm, like... I was actually, this is really funny that we're doing this episode, because earlier today, before we, like, talked, I was actually, like, looking at some of these books, mm-hmm. and I was like, actually, it's so weird, because so many of the books that I, like, read this year have, like, become some of my favorite books of all time, and I think that's, like, very weird, so it's kind of fun that we're talking about this. Interesting. A lot of my books are, like, ones that I read ages ago, like, because I'm trying to, it's, like, the books that impacted me most as a kid, as uh, well as, like, now. Yeah. So... The one, because there's a lot of books that I read as a kid that still kind of, I look back on and I just am like, wow, that really just stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> that one just really didn't let go. <laughs> For sure. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely okay. have some from a while ago too, but I just think it's very interesting, like, how many I have from this year, whereas, like, I knew as soon as I finished it, I was like, this is, this is sticking in the old brain for a hot minute. <laughs> like, I don't think I'll forget this yes. story for a while, so... Yeah, so do you want to do you want to go first or there there won't be any spoilers in this uh, by the way, but yeah. Okay, I think you should go first because my dog's barking. Okay, and that way we can hopefully that'll give us some time yes. for him to shut up. Okay, I don't know. I think I'm gonna start with the obvious for me. Maybe I'll just like work my way up. I'll just work my way up in order. I'm doing it in chronological order, too. Okay. I might not do it exactly in chronological order, but I will try to do a semi-chronological order. Okay. So, the first one I'm going to do, I feel like it's just obvious. Like, the selection. That book obviously shaped me. I think I dedicate, like, at least 10% of my personality to reading that book series when I was 12. Um, <laughs> it's true. I can't you can't remember. Um, I don't know. That book just... I so I read it for the first time when I was in like the sixth grade, and that was the book that really got me into reading because I obviously there was like the two thousand twelve dystopian craze or whatever, and you know I read Divergent and I read The Maze Runner and I met read like a lot of those like dystopian novels at that time. But then I feel like once that trend really faded out a little bit, like it did kind of at like the end, like when I was like around the age of 12 it was like kind of starting to fade out and then I think my mom noticed I wasn't reading as much and she's like 
oh my god, we gotta keep this momentum going. She took me to the bookstore and got like the um like one of the bookstore workers like recommend me a book and it actually ended up being the selection and that's like what really I really don't think I would even be a reader if I like didn't read that book because like I said like after like all the hype around some of the popular books like died out I just like wasn't really interested anymore (laughs) the selection series is so interesting to look back on in terms of the YA dystopian craze because it's the only like YA 2012 dystopian book that is in that category of it's up there when you think of like the Hunger Games the Maze Runner like divergent i feel like you think about the selection too yeah and but it's the only one that like didn't get a film in 2012 yeah they tried but it didn't work and i always think as well that the selection was really the 2012 dystopian that was written for the girls for the girls and the gays i always i think it's because people always forget that it's actually dystopian because everyone just sees it as like a romance but i'm like guys it takes place like a thousand years in the future so maybe not a thousand like i don't know like 500 years in the future or something like it's, it's still technically actually, dystopian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she actually goes into yeah. a lot of... <laughs> about the dystopian world. There's actual issues going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just America and Maxon's love story, even though it revolves around it, that. Honestly, America but, and Maxon's love story is really the back burner of that book. Like, they didn't even say I love you until, like, I swear, like, three and a half, <laughs> three books. It was all three books. <laughs> you had to wait. You had to be dedicated to that hustle. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, but this series, I don't know. I just feel like it It really shaped me a lot. Like, I've read it now, I think, four times since I was 12. And it'll just, I think it, I'll, I'll always remember that series as, like, something like really special as much as I like America's the most annoying protagonist and it's so problematic and I'm aware of all of these issues but I feel like I could never hate it because it just I don't know like it just Mm -hmm. we this podcast wouldn't be here without it is what I'm saying (laughs) um yes it was the red queen for us before the red queen yeah pretty much (laughs) okay well, I guess leading, well, on that note, I was going to say Red Queen, but I'll just say Red Queen. Sick I was going to go in chronological order, but screw it. So <laughs> for the sake of the segue, on that note, let's talk about Red Queen. This is definitely a core book for me because, you know, we, we bring it up every damn episode, reason for mine and Lily's friendship, but... I feel like your selection, though, was my Red Queen because my read... I didn't go through a reading phase at all from ages, like, 8 to 14. Yeah. So I didn't get that 2012 dystopian craze. I still haven't read The Hunger Games or Maze Runner or Divergent or any of that. Yeah. And I, I think one day maybe I'll read The Hunger Games, but I don't really have too much interest in reading, like, Divergent or Maze Runner or... You've explained the whole plot of the selection to me, so I'm just going to watch those movies mm-hmm. and be like, okay. And You're like, so, oh, God, like, this is yeah. really good. And I'll be like, yes. <laughs> I'm going to be watching the movies and I'll be like, mm, it was different in the book. <laughs> I haven't even read the books, Olivia. <laughs> and so, yes. You will uh, I'm be super excited. I will. I will be that person. I'm super excited for the films as if I were a book fan, I feel. Yeah. I'm like, these characters, I feel like just vicariously through you. You, like, I'm know the characters. Like, so, you feel- 
Exactly. I know the characters. When they do the casting, I'm going to be like, mm, mm, But it just wasn't mm. accurate. wasn't how I pictured Maxon. It's just not the best thing I had in mind. I've never read a single description about him in my life. Uh. Um, but, yeah. And the same with, like, Harry Potter and stuff and didn't go into that fantasy phase. So, Red Queen really was, like, my belated 2012 dystopian phase. Mm-hmm. And... It was great. I love, I'm so glad I went through it. <laughs> and there were just so many things. It, uh, it was the first book series in a while. It was the book series that reminded me how good reading was because I actually was quite a bit of a reader as a kid. However, I wasn't, like, committed to it enough to, like, what it really was is I always enjoyed the act of reading, but it wasn't, quote-unquote, cool or, like, cooler than watching Netflix. And so, like, I didn't do it, and I didn't believe that it was something you could do for fun. Yeah. It was just something that every now and then you just did to be, like, super smart, and you, sure. and then you would enjoy yourself, and you'd be like, oh, that wasn't a horrible experience for some reason. <laughs> and, yeah, but Red Queen really showed me, I think, that reading can be such a fun experience. It, it helped me through quarantine because, the first, it, like, I read it in the first month, or second month of lockdown here in Australia, I was, I was needed that escapism. I was going. Insane. We all did, yeah. So, we all, did. yeah. We all needed that. <laughs> and then, yeah, I also got a really good friend out of it, and that's such a vibe. <laughs> Me being like, oh, yes. you. Now I was talking with that other girl from the book club. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And also, just on another note, also. Uh, then I might not have gotten, like, book talk. And then, you know, there's a lot of things that are just... I think this is the core a core book could be. Yeah. <laughs> because there's just so many domino effects that have come from it. It's like... It's so much so... You know those things where it's like, what, what's your favourite domino effect thing in your life? And it's like yours could be, like, reading the Red Queen... Reading Red Queen by Victoria Averitt. And then it's like going to Europe for a month with my friend from Canada. <laughs> Literally, though. And then even on another note, I'm like, I read Red Queen by Victoria Aveyard, and now I'm now I'm a Wattpad author. How did we get here? Yeah. Is that <laughs> whole situation, too? <laughs> now I'm studying creative writing at school. <laughs> and it's just so much that I think if I ever met Victoria Aveyard, I just couldn't get into yeah. it. I just be like, can you just sign my book? Because okay. you're going to think I'm too weird if I explain how much of an impact you've actually had on my life. Yeah. And then I think it's obviously fair to say that, like, Red Queen was definitely also a core book for me for, like, the same reasons as Olivia. But, like, I'm not going to just say that again because we just... We're going to save time. We're going to save time and yeah. your guys' ears from you know, listening to us talk about that again. So, <laughs> just to clarify, I also considered a core book for myself for the same reasons as Olivia, but... <laughs> okay, so what is your third core book My then? second one. But you said Red Queen. Oh, that's counting as one of my five. I was just hoping it'd be, like, self-explanatory. Okay. Well... Oh, did you want a bonus book? <laughs> well, maybe... Book Canada is my second, and then maybe maybe if we have time, I'll, I'll do... Okay. <laughs> Stay tuned to figure out if Lily gets a bonus book. Maybe you can only think of like three off the top of her head. What do you mean I don't get a bonus book, Olivia? 
I know, literally before this podcast, you're acting as if you weren't like, oh my god, I can't think of five. Okay. Just kidding. Okay, we'll do my third one. Hmm, what do I want to do? Okay, this is one of my uh I read it this year. Okay, I had ideas, I was just picking which order I wanted to go in. Okay. Um I'm not judging. I do this. There was a little laugh. It was a <laughs> I was just thinking about your whole speech at the beginning of the episode being like, I'm surprised how many books I had this year. Well, and then I know. Like, mm, I was, which one will I choose? I was deciding. Okay. Okay. So this one I actually just read, like, less than a month ago. But I'm going to say The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. That's a core book for me now. Oh, really? It is. You read that like a month ago. I know, but I, I can't explain it. I saw, like, obviously, I loved the book, and I read the whole thing in less than 24 hours. I was so into it, so into the story. And then, obviously, like, I still thought about it periodically since finishing it, like, a month ago or whatever, but I saw a TikTok about it today, and I was like, oh my god, that book was so good! <laughs> it just really brought me back. <laughs> it's like, it's... It, do, it does happen like that sometimes. Yeah. That's why I say book talk. A, a book being on book talk or a book talk book makes it a hundred times better automatically because it yes. just constantly reminds you of that book and then you're like oh I actually really enjoyed that like and there was makes you appreciate it it was also a whole thing because this this TikTok was just like a bunch of fan arts maybe maybe I'll show oh. it to you later because the fan arts were so yeah. pretty and I had never seen fan arts for this book before and so except yeah. this, except for like a few like super popular ones but there's so many that I hadn't seen before. And I think it just, like, I, I got so many emotions while watching this trick. I was like, oh, my God, like, this is gorgeous. <laughs> anyway, mm. but I do think it's a core book for me. I think for so many reasons, but I think the primary reason for for it being, because I feel like so many books, especially when the ending or the plot twist is really hyped up, I feel like it doesn't matter what it is or how good of a job the author does. It's never going to live up to that, right? It's never going to. Mm. You're always going to be like, well, that just wasn't as cool as I thought it was going to be, you know? And Evelyn mm. Hugo, the plot twist was really brought up. Like, or it was really built up from, like, page one of that novel, right? Because it's a big question of, it's literally written on the back of the book. Like, why does Evelyn want to be interviewed by this one specific person? Why does it have to be that one person? And I feel like that's a, yeah, and nobody else. That's a really big mystery of the whole novel. And the whole time I was reading it, I was like, well, you need to prepare yourself. Because it's it's not going to be that cool. It's going to be something mediocre. and Or it's going to be something you saw coming. Or it's just, it's not, don't read the whole book just for that. Because it's not going to be as good as you want it to be. Mm. But... I actually had so much respect for the author after I read that the reasoning. I was like, mm. I could have never come up with something like that. And that's super cool. So I just had, like, respect for the author. I was like, yeah. because especially when you read a book at, like, lightning speed, too, to, like, figure something out, you're just like, oh, that's it? That's what I read all this for? But I never had that. Mm. Oh, yes. I never had that. I was like... You know, I'm satisfied with that. No regrets of reading this in 24 hours to figure that out. You know, like, I was like, oh, wow. so I think okay. that's, that's kind of one of the main reasons. Cause I feel like, especially with book talk, like that never, that never happens. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. The amount of mystery books that yeah. I've read and just been disappointed by, um, 
astronomical. Like, I never read mystery books anymore for that reason. Because mm-hmm. the mystery is never as good as it's built up to be. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, that's interesting that you say that. And then also there's, like, Evelyn and her love interest throughout the novel. Both of them are such interesting characters. And you can really, like, both of them make some very interesting decisions throughout that novel. And I feel like people... Like, everyone is so quick to be like, Evelyn was a terrible person, or I don't want to spoil, like, who her love interest is or anything. Um, but they're like, and so-and-so, like, you know, shouldn't have forgiven her, or, like, they should have forgiven her, or, like, they were actually a bad person, too. I feel like there's so many mixed things, and I feel like, I'm like, okay, none of you are right. Like, they both had good traits and bad traits, and I understand where they're both coming from in almost every situation. So I feel like it was a very interesting story written in that regard as well. Um... That's those are my favorite kinds of characters where they're in a gray line because it, they're yeah. human at that point. I think they're not just a protagonist or an antagonist. They're yeah. a literal human being. And <laughs> I also feel like, who especially has good and flaws. Yeah, like especially everyone's love interests throughout the novel. Everyone was just so like they were the better person a hundred percent, and I was like, I think y'all are forgetting like. They did some very questionable things as well. And I feel like just, like, no one talks about it because theirs were so much more subtle, I guess, is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. And so then that's why I feel like it's a very interesting thing to, like, think about. Um, it's a very interesting story to just think about and reflect on. And when you read it, I would love to do a podcast on it. I would love to do a podcast on Evelyn Hugo. I know. I was going to say, <laughs> we should totally do a podcast. I would, I would love book. that. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I think very that nice. very quickly became one of my core books after, like, a month after finishing it. I think already it's super interesting how you're like, Evelyn Hugo's love interest, as if the book isn't called The Seven Husbands. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hugo, and you're just like, there's only one. It's actually very interesting <laughs> that you say that, is because one of the first things in the book is the reporter is really excited to meet with Evelyn, and is talking to her like, so who was the great love of your life? Like, was it this husband? Was it this husband? Like, who was the great? Who was the who was the one you loved the most? And then that's kind of what the whole story centers around, I guess. Like, so it's very mm. interesting that you say that actually, because that's like kind of one of the main, like, whenever people quote the oh. book, they use that quote. They're like, which one of her seven husbands did she love the most? And it's like a whole thing. So I think it's actually really funny that you say. That. Interesting. Uh yeah, it's a very cool book. Okay, well, it's hard to follow that because you were very passionate about that. And now I'm going to bring up a book that I read like, like literally eight years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this book, this was my fifth grade reading obsession. So, uh, nothing hits different than yeah. a fifth grade reading obsession, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. So you know how I was saying that I didn't have my Harry Potter or Percy Jackson phase from ages like 8 to 10 or whatever, like most people? Yeah. Instead, I had the weirdest reading phase, and it was of a book series that literally nobody knows. I only read it because in Australia we have these things called the premier reading challenge, Mm -hmm. and basically it's something that the government installed into (laughs) schools. (laughs) and it was to make kids read more because it was ipads and ipods had just come out like when i was when i was back in my day and 
this thing of the epidemic was beginning of oh kids they spend too much time on technology they're watching all their screens all day we can't control them they are reading therefore they're all just getting super stupid and just saying like stupid things like that and so then the government came in and they will make kids smart again by making this reading challenge that all schools have to do and basically you had to read 20 I think it was 20 books and you had different categories depending on what grade you were in so they would literally there would be stickers on the school library books that said this is eligible this applies to the reading challenge like if you read this book you can put it down as a book you read for the reading challenge and yeah, it would be like Wait, couldn't people just lie two. that they read the book? Like this is a very flawed system. <laughs> oh, people totally did. Like it was so it was really redundant and stupid. The only the only thing that enforced them to that made the teachers able to tell whether they didn't was we would usually read these books in class. And mm. so it was like the teacher would watch them read it or not read it. But still, kids lied all the time. Because, yeah, yeah, anyways, but I was goody two-shoes, so I didn't lie. I was like, uh. um, yeah, but I picked up a book one day because I was like, oh, I need a book for the premiere reading challenge. And it was called Layla, the Queen of Hearts. And I remember specifically, I picked it up because the cover art was super pretty. And that was it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's so pretty. It's like a girl. Oh, you know, you can look up the cover online. And it's called Layla Queen, The Queen of Hearts by Glenda Millard. And it's basically this tiny, tiny book, about 120 pages. And the font is massive. It's written for, it is written for a six-year-old to read. <laughs> <laughs> and um, basically, I remember reading it, though. And I was so sure, I was expecting just like an easy, quick read so I could put on my reading challenge. And I remember being in class Mm -hmm. and I had tears in my eyes. I was reading this book and I had tears in my eyes and I was in the middle of class and I was just like, oh my gosh. And looking and it just like really stuck with me. And then I found out it was a series (laughs) because I was too dumb to realize that the two on the book meant it was the second (laughs) book in a series. I was so stupid and so I was like I went to the library literally the next day and I I stormed up to that like my librarian's desk and my librarian was a bitch like she did not like anybody she hated her job she did not like children and I stormed up and I I slammed that book and I was like where's the rest of this series like you know I was like missus and she, like, led me in the direction to it because I was still, I was too dumb to figure out how library sorting systems worked in alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I can't find it. Where is G? And, um, yeah, and then basically I zoomed through. It's eight books. So altogether, uh-huh. like 800 book, 800 pages. And it just follows the journey of this family called the Silk Family. And basically if, how I describe it is if you've watched the, abc show the fosters or freeform it, the freeform show the fosters about like the, the foster family mm-hmm. it literally was the fosters before the fosters was a thing mm-hmm. and the vibes were just super cozy and as someone who has like a you know a messy family life i was just like wow it's so nice to just be living in a stable family for <laughs> a couple for like 800 pages it was so bad like my obsession on it but 
you know what it's a cool book for me so I can't help it and yeah it's called the Silk Family series by Glenda Millard and I remember when I got into back into my reading obsession it's such an unpopular book I've been to so many libraries and have it's been one of those books that I've always like come back to or book series that I've always come back to because it just like affected me so much as a kid and I've never been able to find it and so when I got into my reading obsession and I started buying all these books I was like oh, I wonder if I can find, like, these books online. And so I bought the whole series and now I have it. And it makes my little eight-year-old heart sing when I look at my bookshelf and just see my little eight-year-old obsession (laughs) just there. So, yeah, that's my core book. Your turn. Um, Okay. I'm thinking of which one I want to say next. Okay. Um... I I was deciding because I was like, okay, I gotta put one of the Shadow Hunters on here, and I was deciding like, should I do the Mortal Instruments? That's not gonna be what I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, I gotta do what? I knew it was coming too. <laughs> I, I knew you were gonna be like, oh, unfortunately, it was really hard, but I can't pick City of Ashes. Like, <laughs> no, it was a toss up between City of Ashes and City of Glass. I mean, I I do feel like the year my sister quote is ingrained as a core memory somewhere in there. A core traumatizing memory. Like, you know, the Inside Out movie. There's a difference between a core... The Inside Out movie, and they had all those little balls that would, like, go, like, the core memory. (laughs) Like, like the little... Like, that's what I... That's what... That that memory's in there, you know? It's it's in one of those little glass balls. But it's like um, you know how the diff- they ha- are different colors for different emotions. Yeah, yours is just disgust. It's a green <laughs> ball in your core <laughs> memories. It's just disgust. Oh, yeah. And so it was really a toss up of which one I wanted to do because I was like, okay, like the infernal, like the infernal devices. That was that's what got me into the whole the whole shebang, right? I you know that was really fun. But I think I'm going to have to pick Dark Artifices instead. Because that one, I feel like I related to a lot more, if that makes sense. Which is crazy, because I remember you reading Infernal Devices, and you were invested. I I read the Infernal Devices first, and I recommended it to Lily as a, oh, the Shadowhunter books are actually not crap, Lily. (laughs) crazy. And you and you will you just went oh I'll have to check them out and then you got so much more invested than me and it was hilarious because in the beginning you did not you know what it is you the infernal devices for you is going to be what these violent delights is for yeah me. yeah that's true because you did not like the start of <laughs> angel you you thought it was super slow you were texting me going when does it get when does it speed up like when does it get good and i'm looking through the chapters being like when does it get i was like when do we figure out what's going on with gem like Aurelia, this is too too slow what's this situation yeah yeah and yes yes and i was just like the bridge scene get to yeah you were like well like the bridge the bridge yeah um but i think i'm gonna have to go dark artifices just because in some way, shape, or form, I related to almost every single character in that book series. Like, I can take a part of each one of those characters and be like, I see myself in you a little bit, you know? They, which is terrifying, because <laughs> all those characters are so traumatized, it's not okay. Well, not necessarily they in the bad ways. Not necessarily in the bad ways, but, like, 
I don't know. I know, but on surface level, it sounds very bad. It's like... <laughs> me, I'd be like, yeah, me, me and Julian just same vibes, you. Okay, we should talk about that. We should talk about it. Yeah, it's like, oh, I didn't realize you were a teen dad as well. Really. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I don't know. I just feel like all those characters were... Those characters really were the best part of that. Like, And I feel like... They were all just such complex, like, in-depth characters by the end. And, like, even the most, like, side-of-side characters, like... I'm like, even, like, freaking... There are no side there characters. There are no side characters <laughs> in the Dark Art of Ices. Like, there's just not. Like, I remember, like, when I finished it, someone asked me, like, who's your favorite character? I'm like, well, obviously there's Julian and Emma. But then, like, obviously there's Kit and Ty. And then, like, obviously Christina and Mark, like, they're also there. And then... <laughs> It's like, yeah. I just feel like it's like there's no side characters, and I like even, really appreciated that. Even what you could, what Cassandra easily could have made the side characters to the side characters aren't side characters. Like Diego, Diego is not a side, not side character side material. He's just not. <laughs> I would read a whole book if on you Diego. Read the Dark Artifices. Yeah, if you have read the Dark Artifices, you're probably so confused because there's so many freaking characters. Yeah, but. I remember before reading, I've read Lady Midnight, which is the first one, but I haven't read the second and third yet. And I remember before, every time Lily would start explaining it, all I ever knew and could keep track of, I'm like, okay, there's Emma, Julian, and Christina. And But then you would start going on, and I would ask you about the Dark Artifices, and you'd name, like, 15 characters, yeah. quote-unquote main characters, and I was so confused. But when you read it, it just makes sense. It just they works. They all have a great purpose and role in the story, and you're like, if you took any one of them out, minus maybe, like, the two very tiny children who are really just, like, bare <laughs> playing but even Children's like shit, even like know. Drew gets such a big role in the future books too. Like she does so many things. Oh, really? <laughs> like, yeah. And so yeah. yeah, like they all end up having like really big roles. And like I don't know, it's just it's fun. I feel like there's you a lot there. Take any of them out? Yeah. I mean, Cassandra definitely gives it a whirl. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely she tries her best. She definitely uh, does some fun stuff there, and really tries to take some of them down. <laughs> yeah. um, I always just think it's the biggest crime that Cassandra's most popular series is the Mortal Instruments, and her I, most popular series is the Dark Art. I just feel so bad for her. It's just the best yeah. one by far. <laughs> and then like, then we got yeah. So it's definitely. It's it's a core book, just because I feel like there's also so many, like, there are so many things I, like, learned from that series. Obviously, I can't say, like, because spoilers, and also I don't want to spoil it for you, Olivia. But, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of things that I, like, learned from that, where I was like, okay, why is that actually, like, a plot? Like, why are we in fairyland right now, and this applies to my life somehow? <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> why does this relate to my life? Okay. Oh, goodness. Um, and, okay. Uh, moving on. <laughs> I couldn't think of a smooth segue there. I, I saw you trying, okay. and I was like, how's she gonna, how's she gonna give this one a whirl? How's she gonna spin this? Yeah. Never mind. Um, my, what book am I up to? I'm up to number four. Three. I'm up to number three. No, number four. No, I didn't oh, queen. You're right. Then, you're up to number four because... Because I did Red, Red Queen, Queen really well. short. 
Yes, exactly. And so, yes, number three for me is... I'm going to do um, the Throne of Glass series, specifically Queen of Shadows by Sarah, Sarah Dumas. Um, when I think about what book series really did get me through my final stretch of high school, I never thought like my biggest comfort in my final stretch of high school would be a book, but here we are. Yeah. And it was literally like the characters from Throne of Glass. Like there is this, it's just such a great, like, elaborate world. And even yesterday, last night, I, like, was rereading scenes from Throne of Glass. Because I, I was, like, thinking, I can't really go back and reread any other book except for the first one. Because they're all in the box set. Uh-huh. And it's too hard to pull them out of the box. Like, I know if I pull them out of the box, I'm not getting them back in. But I have two copies of the first Zone of Glass, so I just, like, can get the first one off my shelf. But for the first time ever, I was like, oh, let's just open a random page on the Throne of Glass book and give it a whirl. And I, reading just these random pages, these characters had such a massive impact on me. Like, this world had such a massive impact on me. These characters, it was kind of the first book series I read where these characters were really, like, my friends, I felt like. And Hmm. I know that sounds really weird and cheesy and gross and whatever but I just rereading these scenes of Selena being Selena and being so um you know what it is it's the vibe of when you read or when you watch a television show and you're on like the series finale and then you go back and watch the first episode and all the actors are like five years younger and all the issues are so minuscule compared to what you've just watched all of these characters go through and like oh my god that character has no idea that they're like granddad's gonna die in two episodes <laughs> and then, and then, or whatever it, it really did feel like that and I feel like if you have such you get so emotional over nostalgia for a, a series in a fictional world it did a really it had a great impact on you and yeah. so yeah I'm gonna do that and then just on a personal level, the, the female empowerment in that book was quite... It was good. I liked it. It was good for me. <laughs> I I found yeah. the main... Yeah, Aelin, I think... Aelin and Manon were really empowering to me. And so they had a big impact. And, yeah, I, I really liked it. So it's definitely one of my core books. But, yeah, so all of the Throne of Glass series. But Queen of Shadows was my favourite. So I'm going to go... I'll say Queen of Shadows by Sarah J. Mass. Mm. And I wish that I, I wish that I didn't because I know I know that Sarah J. Mass is problematic, but it's this is my version of like your selection where you're like, you know it's problematic, <laughs> but it's like You just can't no shake it no matter how hard you can't hate it. <laughs> exactly. So I uh, I have to I have to say it for the sake of the podcast, it is one of my core books. It is what it is. So yeah. Um I'm on my last book, hey? Oh, okay. Yes, maybe you will get that bonus book. Oh, yay, me. <laughs> me gets bonus book, me. Okay, just let me think. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, so I think I think this one might surprise you, what I'm going to say, because I don't maybe. really talk about this book too much, but I feel like it will always be, be a core book for me. And that one is The Kite Runner. I loved that book it was i'm not surprised by that you always talk very highly of. i always talk very highly about it but i always 
forget about it existing, if that makes sense. Um, and then I remember, and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I actually had to read it for school, um, in 2020. I had to read it. It was, we were in Zoom, Zoom high school, and I had to read it, and I was just so pissed. I, you would, you would think that someone just told me I had six months to live. <laughs> I was like, you're telling, like, this is a full novel. I hadn't, I hadn't re-entered my reading phase yet. This was right at the beginning of quarantine. And I was like, this she hadn't reread the selection yet. I didn't reread the selection for the entirety of quarantine, which you would have thought. Did you say that like it's a crime? I did it. I was planning on it actually. I was planning on it, but then I joined your book club. And you're like, we're gonna read this, and I was like, okay, okay, I'm gonna read this now. <laughs> hey, hey, I gave you the opportunity. The selection was an option. I know, and I, I told you it was good. Our and friendship would be. Oh my god, that would have yeah. been so. Oh, I don't even. That would have been very cool. interesting. Imagine if our conversation starters were about like, so Maxon's just so hot, right? Instead of, I'm sorry, but your opinion about Maven is it's wrong. wrong. Like, and listen to me. I do feel like the feel like reason we're so close is because of our heated debates we had within like one month of being of knowing each other. Like, yeah, d- disagree. This is a great icebreaker. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. We totally would have just been those surface level friends if we were agreeing on everything yeah, that happened in the yeah, selection. Of, like, yeah. oh my god! Like, unless I was an Aspen stand, there's no way that our friendship would have gone in the same direction. Our friendship know? wouldn't have gone in any direction if you were an Aspen stand. <laughs> <laughs> like, you heard me audibly gasp. Like, that would not. No. No. I did. No. No. Mm. Anyway, okay. the kite runner. The kite runner <laughs> just it it was really actually. So the thing is, I wasn't gonna read the kite runner because I was in online school, so I got to pick my book. And so originally, I was gonna read nineteen eighty four, and I read one chapter of that, and Jesus I was about to end Christ. it all. I was about to end it all. I was like <laughs> no way, no, 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 no. And it's so that I haven't even read 1984 and I knew. Oh, I, like, I read like one chapter. 1984. I read like one chapter and I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, but my grandma, she owned the Kite Runner and I didn't want to go out and buy a book because at that point I was like, buying books is useless. Who would do that? <laughs> anyway, and so. What a waste of money. And so I was reading 1984 on my laptop of all things on <laughs> It was so gross. I wanted to, yeah. Look, you can read on your phone. But it's because I didn't know what Z-Books was it. yet. And I only saw a thing no. that let me download it on my laptop. Anyway. But then my grandma owned the Kite Runner. And I was like, Grandma, can I borrow this from you? And she was like, sure. She just ended up giving it to me. So I still own it. But anyway, so then I was like, okay, I can read this in a physical book. So I don't have to go out and buy a book. And so I bought it, or I borrowed it from her, and it ended up being so incredible. Like, the story is just so cool for several reasons, but one of the things that I think will always stick with me is because I feel like so often portrayed in media, and then as well as what we're taught in school about, like, the Middle East, it's always so negative. Like, it's always taught that, like, these people need us to fix their, to fix their country, and we're going to do that by going to war with them. Okay? So mm-hmm. you have to just trust us on that one. Like, I feel like that's always the narrative that they teach to oh, us. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah. Look, I know that we bombed them, but it wasn't a good city to begin with. So you guys have to understand we were doing them a favor by bombing. That's like what I yeah. swear. That's what my school's the, taught the us. Attitude, like, 
Yeah, the attitude is always we are saving them from themselves. And you're like, yeah, it's just not true. And so this book is really interesting because it was in Afghanistan, but like in the 70s and 60s, like obviously before the war with the US. And it's very interesting because it was always and, and the book carries on into the early 2000s. So you really see the shift between the before the war and during the war. Um, and yeah, and it was very cool because I feel like it was described of basically how it was before the U.S. were like, haha, we're gonna come on in here and just do our, do our, we're just gonna come on and, you know, throw a few bombs and stuff, like, I, it, like, and just be casual about it. We have a it. very special gift for you. Yeah, like, it's just... And I feel like it really showed, like, the transition between, like, what it was, like, before and how it was, like, this beautiful country. And, like, it wasn't at all the narrative that had been taught. And obviously, like, I knew that the narrative we'd been taught wasn't exactly accurate. But, I mean, I still, I didn't know what was true, obviously, then. And so, like, that part of the story was really cool. I loved getting to read about that because we never get to read about anything like that. And then... As well as just, like, the premise of the story and just, like, that idea of, like, guilt. And I feel it was so... The story was so frustrating because the whole time you're you're reading this novel, you're just, like... Because you're reading it from the main character's perspective, you're, like... You just want to be rid of this guilt for the main character, right? Because it's... Guilt is one of the major themes of this book. And you're, like oh my god, like, why can't we just apologize and get forgiveness and do all this stuff? But I feel like it's a very interesting story to show that, like, sometimes it doesn't always happen like that, right? Like, and that's okay. Like, stories can end not in, like, the ideal way. And that's really what this book kind of showed. I really, yeah, I really feel like maturing is discovering a love for books that don't end in an average, more traditional way. (laughs) Oh, I know, and I'm not lying. I'm I was frustrated as hell yeah. reading it. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> but I think it was good. It was for the best. But, yeah, because if you look at it, those are all the books that have had the biggest impact on us. Like, even if you look yeah. at your books right now, your five core books, you have, like, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, like, and I'm assuming that didn't end in a very traditional mm-hmm. way. <laughs> like, no. and, and, yeah, and then you got Kite Runner, and, yeah, all these books that it's, it's so much more memorable when it's not the happy ending that we're taught to look for which is super interesting yeah and then there's like a few something that's very interesting about the kite runner is there was like a few moments there was a few moments scattered throughout where you're like oh i see what's gonna happen so we're gonna do this and then we're gonna do this and then that's the end and that's a happy ending we're going for and he, he the author definitely set it up like that on purpose where he kept thinking you were gonna get the happy ending over and over and over again but you never you never it never ended up wrapping up that way. Something would go wrong. And I feel like that's so true to, like, real life, too, right? Like, something yeah, would change. For sure. And then you'd be like, oh, well, shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah. No, yeah, very true. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Very nice. Um, yeah, I, I wish I could say I was surprised by that. But you have that book tabbed so hard. Well, like, it's not... It's- Okay, I actually want to take those tabs out. I would love to tab it for real because the, the the what those tabs are is we had essential questions for English. We had four for the course. And for each of our oh. essays, we could pick 
one of the essential questions and whatever we thought fit whatever we were writing about, we thought fit whatever question the best we could pick. So I tabbed every single moment. So I had like one color for each question that we had. So I tabbed every moment that I thought would be like a supporting argument for an essay on that. So I could, when I was writing my essay, I could see which one I had the most colors of and to pick which question I wanted to do. <laughs> so they're not like, oh, so like the tabs aren't exactly like traditional tabs or anything. Like I kind of want to take them out, but I just haven't got around to it yet. Oh, yeah. Got it, got it. All the tabs just say okay. like essential question number three. <laughs> like That's all they are. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think I actually am going to say a book that will actually surprise you because I was hearing you talk, I was listening to you talk and I'm looking at my bookshelf and it just hit me. I was like, wait a damn minute, this book had a great impact on me. Like, and I think it's got like, you know how I said that Throne of Glass comforted me through like my last year, I think. Mm -hmm. I think that's the main book when I think of which was very comforting for me last year and like had a big impact on me moving forward. It was Throne of Glass last year. But 2021, I was, like, thinking, what is my 2021 book so far? Because mm-hmm. I need to pick one. And I'm looking at this book, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's it's this one. And that is The Cruel Prince by Holly <laughs> Oh, Black. my God. No, really? Okay. <laughs> uh, and not, like, The Wicked King or, like, The Queen of Nothing, but, like, The Cruel Prince. You, you I, did really, you really bonded with the first Cruel Prince book. I was surprised. <laughs> I was like. I don't know what it is. Mm. there's just something in the first week that really resonated with me I think it was just um the experience that I read it in so like at the start of this year I I did uh I started like the year going to on-campus school Mm -hmm. and I would like listen to the audiobook of The Cruel Prince a lot like um while doing my schoolwork and while doing lunch because like I was still kind of in that phase where I, I was getting to know people, didn't really have any that is friends true. or anything, like, on the campus. And so it was, like, a comfort to me. And it it really made me – I feel like it totally could have been a time in my life where I just got super lonely and depressed. But it was, like, I looked forward to eating lunch alone. I got annoyed when people would sit with me because I'm like, oh, my God, guys, like, I could be reading The Cool Prince right now. Like, fuck you all. <laughs> and it was – and, and then also, like, looking back, I think Jude, her character development in The Cruel Prince, I feel like subconsciously I kind of had, I don't know, I kind of look back and I, like, I think watching her kind of go from being this complacent little girl to this badass person who's like, you know what, I am going to, I am going to, like, become a badass and call the shots now. I feel like that really resonated with me too because... I do, I'm looking at it, and I think, I do think Jude's, like, arc was a big kind of fuel of confidence for me, because after that, I kind of started making decisions for myself a lot more, mm-hmm. after I finished The Cool Prince, and so I was looking at the book just then, and I was like, oh my god, I think that's, that's my 2021 book, and so, um, yeah, interesting, <laughs> I'm surprised by it. <laughs> So, yeah, I really liked it. Um, and, yeah, respect the Queen Jude Duarte. I was not expecting the Cruel Prince to make an appearance in this video, but I do understand your reasoning and rationale of where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, because I was just thinking, I was super surprised. Like, I was just thinking, like, oh, what am I going to do next? And I 
had another book which I'll do last now. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the shelf and the cool prince is right there. And I just kept making all these connections. I do. Oh, that's interesting. I've made a, I, this is what we call a breakthrough in psychology. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, interesting. Okay. Your turn. My, is it your bonus it's book? It's my bonus book. Okay. I'm debating between two right now because um, oh my God. I'm not going to say both of them. Okay. So just, okay. Just, okay. I feel like it's, I have a very specific reasoning for this one. And that is an ember in the ashes. I think. Okay. Okay, I'm more surprised about that than the kite mm-hmm. I think the specific reason for this was not even... It wasn't the story. It wasn't the plot. To be quite honest, like, okay, like, obviously, like, I kind of remember the plot. But, like, it was so confusing. I wasn't really there. Like, I was like, I kind of get it. But do I really? No, not at all. Um, and it wasn't even, like, the main character. The main character, when I was reading the series, I really loved her. But, like, upon finishing it, she wasn't that memorable for me I found um Mm. but what I always think about this is the book series where if I ever got to write an open essay for school this is what I would write about and so I feel like and it what's memorable about the series for me is Helene and Elias both of those two characters were just such interesting characters for me and they had so much depth and it was such a memorable series for me just because I feel like it says so much like because sometimes you look at people, you look at families or you look at people who went to the same school and you're like, how do we how did these two grow up together? And they are so different. You know, I feel like it's always something mm-hmm. people ask. Um, and I feel like what was really interesting about Helene and Elias is they both grew up at the Black Cliff Academy. Like, that's where they spent their whole lives. And they turned out completely differently. And they their values were completely different. And what they thought about life was completely different. And, you know, just their morals and everything was so skewed from each other, which is what made the story interesting. But what's that, what's interesting about that is not even that, oh, like, they, they grew up in the same place. How did they end up with different values or whatever? But what I found was really interesting is they both attributed, like, their values to what they learned at that academy, even though their values were completely different. And so mm. I always find their characters to be so incredibly interesting to me. And I feel like what they went through and both of their arcs throughout that book will always just be, like, core memory for me. <laughs> like, everything that they went through individually. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I like that. I like that reasoning. That Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Lovely little bonus book there. Okay. And the my last, my fifth book yes. I'm going to do is, um, I feel like this is my 13-year-old kite runner because it's like the book that taught me about like a different perspective on humanity a little bit and it's definitely like the white girl's version of like the Chirona like in, in the sense it's called and I've mentioned it a few times but it's called Because of You by Pip Harry and I read mm-hmm. it when I was 14 and yeah basically about a boarding school girl in order to get credits for her university application is forced to go 
um, volunteer at the homeless, the local homeless shelter, and she basically bonds with a girl of the same age to her at the homeless shelter. And I kind of am thinking about it. It's giving me same. It kind of, it is definitely a book that I remember reading, and I was like, it just made me get a new understanding of privilege and just how, uh, how. I don't know what the word for it is. I'm trying to think. I can't think of the exact word for it. Maybe it'll come to me later. But that idea that just because people are born into separate lifestyles, they can end up on such different paths. Like that whole phenomena was Mm -hmm. something heavily explored in the book of, well, neither of these girls have done anything wrong in their life. It's not like the, the rich privileged girl deserves to be homeless or that the homeless girl deserves to be like, homeless either it's just that she is and there's not really a reason for it it's just the how the way like the cookie crumbled I guess you could say yeah and it was uh, a really entertaining idea to read about and it didn't have that traditional happy ending either it was a book that I finished and I was like I re- I'm pretty sure I cried when I finished it because it was <laughs> just it, I had a really big impact on me and um uh, I don't know, it was just a book that really reminded me that it's important to just be nice to people mm-hmm. and not to be an asshole, which is a really <laughs> basic message. It's so basic, but I do think it's in kind of the world that we live in, it's very easy to forget sometimes because people are assholes. <laughs> and so it's very easy to get, for me, I find I find it sometimes very easy to slip back into the mindset of, oh, well, you should treat people how like they treat you. And I think to an extent that's true. But also over time, I've just learned uh, as a byproduct of, like, something this book's influence, I think, is that you could also look at it, you don't know why that person is being rude to you. They could be having the worst day of their life right now. (laughs) It's not going to help. Yeah, it's not going to make a person... I find if you are being a bitch, you are never going to stop being a bitch if somebody else is a bitch to you. Like, you're just the only time you'll reevaluate your attitude is if somebody treats you with kindness anyway you're just like oh I I hear the difference and sorry about that Mm -hmm. and so I don't know could be totally wrong but that's just my experience and it's definitely a cool book that I think I will I'm not really a rereader but I'm considering rereading it Um, yeah you're really not a rereader so for you to be saying that it must have made an impact on you yeah, because I'm interested in rereading it because it's also a very short book and I think The Spacing's Big, it was written for like 14-year-olds and so I'm interested in rereading it to see if it has a similar impact on me now because I, who I was at like 14, I was completely unaware of like how privileged I was and like how privileged my life was and so that was really like the first thing that kind of slapped me in the face a little bit and was like, hey like FYI <laughs> and so as now I, I'd like to think I'm pretty uh, self-aware you know <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, it'd be interesting to see the difference now and if it would also scares me though because I, I always get scared when a book that you cherish so much when you were younger yeah like, is actually good <laughs> like I think it's such a special thing you have with the selection how you've been able to reread it and it's still mm. just as good every time you read it as because there have definitely been books that I've reread 
And this might be a huge reason why I'm against rereading, but I've reread a lot of books and it just hasn't hit the same as the first time. And so... Yeah, no, <laughs> it, I mean... It, in fact, ruins it. <laughs> oh, I've definitely had that too. Like, don't get me wrong, but... I don't know. I feel like sometimes you just have to look at it from, like, a different mindset sometimes and being like, so this clearly says a lot about where I was at then in that small, in that moment, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to learn a lot about 14-year-old me <laughs> if I read that book. Yeah. I'm like, wow, 14-year-old me was really just, like, a privileged white bitch. Ah. She just needed to be slapped in the face. <laughs> I mean, whatever you take away from it. (laughs) I I didn't know you at 14, so it's not only like I can say yes. Yes, Olivia. I didn't know you at 14, so. Me at 14, me at 14 was who you saw dancing Uh, in that time. That's right. Yes, that beautiful video that I decided to record at age 14 of me dancing after never taking a dance class in my life. It was just beautiful. Uh, anyway (laughs) this episode has really just been exposing all of olivia's like childhood and everything uh anyway i feel like um this podcast we've divulged it went from being something that was supposed to be really like just oh here are our five cool books and we've actually gone into like a lot of things but I think that's so cool because it shows that these books had genuine great impacts on us and taught us great lessons for sure that we've talked about yeah we've talked about privilege we've talked about uh, discrimination all that fun stuff (laughs) (laughs) and then we've also talked about the the fact that like Maxon's just a hot golden retriever (laughs) Range, that range, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but otherwise, I think that's five yeah. for both of us. At least you got six. And yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, that's all. Yeah. Bye. I guess see you guys next week. I forgot to say I'll see you next week before I say bye. Oh, what? Are we done? That's such an abrupt bye. I know. I, I realized that after. Like, I was we like, say thank you. I know. I realized. I was like, why did I say bye so quickly? Then I was like, thanks for listening. <laughs> thank you for listening. I don't know what my brain was going through then. I was just like, okay, I'm done. See y'all later. <laughs> oh my god. I got shit to do. Bye bye. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. We will talk to you next week. Now, now we can now you can say bye lily bye